Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 206 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing good. I, I am very honored to be doing a podcast with the most dangerous man on Twitter. The man, the man whose voice had to be silenced for the good of all the internet community uh, with you, Joe. <laughs> I was shocked. I've never had that happen to me before. There's so many people that I know that seemingly catch bands, Erica Lee, on like a weekly basis. Yeah, Ed Cody. Right. Uh, just goes to show that you can say like not that the people we just mentioned would fall into this category, but you can mention you can say like racist, homophobic, bigoted things, and you you're fine. But if you make a joke about CM Punk like rolling his ankle, oh god, you're gone, man. You're out the door. So it's and again, I don't say that this is funny. Um, I saw in my timeline, and listen, I don't go and search these things out, but when I see a friend being harassed, okay? Yeah. And they're very clearly using racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic um, uh, language, I go and report them, right? I'm, I feel as though I'm doing my friend a solid, right? Yeah. So there was one that I saw the other day, and... I'm like, okay, well, let me go and I'll do the report. And what this person was doing was they were tweeting like an image where they had taken like a Simpsons meme and altered the Simpsons meme to make it like super transphobic. Okay. So I reported that tweet and that came back as Twitter looked into it and they found nothing wrong with it. Everything was fine. Because I, I I think, like, the robots that fucking analyze this stuff, they if they don't see words in the yeah. tweet itself, they don't understand a picture, you know? Right. So, uh, you know, Ed, uh, young Ed, Pot Van Dam, was joking because he has his big colossal con this weekend. And he was he was saying, should he go and do the, the CM Punk um, press conference thing, which I'm sure we'll get into. <laughs> and I said that he should do it dressed as a cat girl and like people are making we're all having fun and making jokes, right? Yeah. Uh so then I go I, Adam, I'll admit I went too far, right? Okay. I said uh if you can injure yourself to or from the panel, that really seal the deal. <laughs> Within seconds, I get the thing that pops up that says my account is banned, right? Yeah, I bet you it's just the 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 two words injure yourself. Right. That's you know? exactly what it is. Yeah. So it comes up and they say we feel as though you're promoting self-harm, um so on and so forth. Uh you could delete the tweet uh and by you deleting the tweet that's you admitting you did something wrong. Okay. Or you could do an appeal. Now I didn't do anything wrong, right? Yeah, I'm taking this to the Supreme Court of Twitter. So I sent I send uh, my appeal, and my appeal was, and I I I I texted this to Ed because I can't access Twitter. I still get notifications, but <laughs> if I try to see the notifications or reply to the notifications, it tells me I can't. Right? Yeah. So I I write up my thing, and I said I was, and I told Ed, I go, this is exactly what I said. I go, my friend Ed, who was attending ColossalCon this weekend, made a joke that. He was going to perform CM Punk's tirade from the AEW pay-per-view press conference this past weekend. My joke was, for authenticity, if Ed got hurt doing so, based on the wrestler CM Punk's clumsiness for injuring himself 
And then I put parentheses, uh, broke his foot doing a stage dive, <laughs> or his tricep doing a dive, etc. That if Ed was able to, if Ed injured himself doing something, that would kind of add to the, the bit, right? Yeah, yeah. And Ed's like, oh my god, I hope the person who's reviewing this on Twitter is a wrestling fan and gets it. But I think uh, by the time they get around to it, like, I think I just got a 12-hour ban. It was one of those things that happened so quick. I didn't see how long it was going to be for, so I probably won't have Twitter back until, like, 1 o'clock-ish, and I'll be in bed by then. <laughs> You'll still be editing this podcast. We're going to go long. But, <laughs> but that's the thing. So they come back and they say, um, you know, d- you can delete the tweet, and by you deleting the tweet, that's admission of guilt that you broke our rules of our terms of service, but they've already gone ahead and deleted the tweet for me. Hmm. So it's not like there's technically there's no tweet for me to delete. Because when I go through one of my many Sako accounts to see if the tweet's still there, it says that Twitter has deleted the tweet. So I can't delete the content because it doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Plus, I think if like you admitted guilt, like that's a strike on your record. Yeah. If you do something similar again, like God forbid you make a wrestling related joke. um, Right. Like. Like then the ban hammer comes down on even harder, right? Uh, I'm gonna. I, th- I think I'm going to in the future say like give yourself a boo boo or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't um, want to upset anyone. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you know this proves that you are the loose cannon of this podcast. Right. I'm the good boy. I'm the uncancelable person. Uh, it all worked out in the end. Well, that, and that's the thing, like, I, you know, and I, I saw, you know, uh, Thorne was making jokes that, like, I'm going to be, like, can I'm going to be, like, a cancel, cancel culture guy or whatever this is. Um, <laughs> it's more of an inconvenience than anything else, right? Yeah, you live on Twitter DMs. I live on Twitter DMs, and um, I had, like, a good Twitter morning, because, like, I was kind of sort of caught up on podcasts. And I was listening to Claudia on the AEW podcast and like right out of the rip when Tony Schiavone's like, oh, Claudio's such a good guy. And we really need a lot more good guys backstage. And I'm like, oh, boy, like, what are we getting into? Right. So uh, you couldn't wait to just run to Twitter to, like, make a remark about it. And then you just couldn't <laughs> run. to tw- Well, I, I was able to get through the entire podcast and tweet the whole thing out, you know, mm. But anyway, um, that's me. We're going to save your uh, in-person infractions for later on in the show, maybe? Well, sure. Uh, listener discretion is advised. <laughs> oh, boy. Adam's going to use some harshy language. Yeah. Not say anything as bad as injure yourself. God no. forbid. No, I won't get that. I'm not going to get that in that much trouble. <laughs> right. Know? He's not that much of a piece of shit, you know? <laughs> I'll save those control your narrative bookings for you, Joe. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, all right, let's get let's get into it. And now, at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history. All right, so we are back, head to head, Monday Nitro, Monday Night Raw, nineteen ninety seven, twenty five years ago. Uh, since we have had two weeks off with Raw, let's get into that first. We're a day removed from the Ground Zero pay-per-view, if you remember that pay-per-view. Oh, who, who can forget? Uh, so the big things that happen on this episode of Raw, 
the previous night at uh, uh, Ground Zero, Austin gives JR the stunner. Okay? Okay. Tonight on Raw, this night on Raw, he gives Sergeant Slaughter the stunner. We're we're building up to the MSG Monday Night Raw where he gives Vince the stunner for the first time. Yeah, working his way up the hierarchy. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, Also at Ground Zero, uh, Brian Pillman defeated Goldust. And uh, if Brian Pillman won, then he got the services of Marlena. (laughs) <laughs> uh, for 30 days and Pillman was supposed to have a rematch with Goldust. He ends up not showing up and they do a thing on the video screen of like, you know, him in bed with Marlena, who's kind of like skanked up a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of insinuations of like what services really mean in 1997, Vince Russo's mind. Yeah, but we never got to see the uh, culmination of that storyline. Correct, correct. <laughs> um, and that does send uh, seeing the video and having the video cu- cut off sends uh, dust or gold dust on a dick punching spree. <laughs> he just starts punching people in the dick like crazy. <laughs> That's a fucking great finisher. <laughs> yeah, uh, and but because of the uh, the unsatisfying outcome of the Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker match. Uh, they announce on this episode of Raw that at the next pay-per-view, World Wrestling Entertainment Bad Blood, it's going to be the first ever Hell in a Cell match. Oh. Yeah, so, like, those, like, these are, like, staple, like, like Austin stunning authority figures. Hell in a Cell gets mentioned for the first time. Uh, you know, some big stuff is happening on this Raw, you know? Yeah, some important uh, first appearances, some some rookie segments here. Yes. Nice. Now, uh, uh, over on the Distinguished Competition Monday Night Tro from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, they do a bit where uh, Hogan comes out and lays out the challenge to Sting after last week where he beat up J.J. Dillon. Uh, more on that in a moment. And then Sting drops from the rafters. And this is a, like, I would say this is pretty famous where it's a Sting mannequin and it like goes through the ring. Okay. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, they just drop it. Right. And it, you know, gets stuck in the ring and like they're acting like it's a real person. And the commentators have to like play along for like far too long. <laughs> um, so that happens. Uh, Roddy Piper comes back as acting chairman for the WCW executive committee since J.J. Dillon has been beaten up. And his first act as uh, acting chairman of the WCW executive committee is not settle- setting up the Sting versus Hogan match for Starcade, but it's setting up a match between himself and Hogan at Halloween Havoc. Okay. Special uh, business. Right, it's it, and it's you know we'll it's one of the more famous, uh, and, and again it was one of the things that like people made fun of then, uh, even on WF programming they called Hogan versus Piper at this Halloween Havoc Age in the Cage, <laughs> you know, and it's like yeah. oh my goodness Roddy Piper's forty three years old, yeah. what a grandpa, you know, fucking dinosaur. Was this was that match? And I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it. But like, is that the one where Piper won it, and then they were like, suddenly it wasn't a world title match? No, you're thinking of Starcade the year prior. Okay, I just where remember, they? Yeah, okay. 
I was just like, I remember being heated. I was like, give fucking Piper a world title run, even if it's for like a week, you know? Right. Uh, also on this show, uh, this episode of Nitro is the beginning of the Rey Mysterio heel Eddie Guerrero feud, which culminates with the mask versus title match at Halloween Havoc. Okay. Uh, and also on this episode of Nitro, one of my favorite moments, an unsung moment from uh, the Monday Night Wars, uh, during a Dean Malenko psychosis match, a fan decides to jump into the ring. And all, like, 110 pounds of Mark Curtis shoots on the fan, gets him in, like, a front face lock, and holds him down. And Bobby Heenan loses his shit. Just for the rest of the match, like, Bobby Heenan can't control himself. He's like, what are you going to do? Go tell the rest of your drunken buddies you got beaten up by the smallest guy in the roster, and it's on TV? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Just putting him over. So, on that side, you know... Uh, uh, one of the more memorable moments that Mark Curtis gets to have two years later in 1999, you know, we've discussed it a couple times, the different benefit shows and stuff that they had done. And, you know, there was one a couple weeks ago that we talked about that had like WCW and ECW and WF guys, guys on it, jokingly saying like that was the first forbidden door event. Um, but on this day, 1999, Mark Curtis, unfortunately passed away succumbing to, uh, cancer. Uh, and yeah, he was just like, you know, one of these guys who just wasn't big enough, but he was such a fan of wrestling. He went through like the same wrestling training that Shane Douglas and Mick Foley went through at Dominic DiNucci's school, even though he was only about five foot eight and he was only about like a hundred and like 1520 pounds. That's like um, a Right. He, <laughs> he, he did like referee versus manager matches in Smoky Mountain versus USWA. Um, in Smoky Mountain, when Jim Cornette feuded with Cowabunga, the Ninja Turtle, it was Mark Curtis in the Cowabunga outfit. So he was a guy who could like go as a wrestler, but you know, he just, everything in his life was wrestling, man. I, I can absolutely relate. And yeah, someone who was gone far too soon, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And last but not least, uh, on this day, 10 years ago, uh, there was a, CZW Evolve Doubleheader from the Flyers Skate Zone in Voorhees, New Jersey. That sounds made up, but go ahead. Okay. So Evolve was the afternoon show. Uh, we have John Gargano defending the Open the Freedom Gate title against John Davis. That also sounds made up. Uh, Lindsay Dorado taking on Jigsaw. Okay. Christina Von Erie taking on Marty Bell. I know who one of them is. Right. Pinky Sanchez and Sammy Callahan, who were part of the stable, the Dirty Ugly Fox, <laughs> took on Caleb Conley and Scott Reed. All right. One for four. Uh, okay. Uh, then Masada, who's, you know, who who's a piece of shit. But his ultra mega canceled after this week took on Sammy Callahan. Less said about him, the better. Hmm. Uh, Rich Swan and the Super Smash Brothers ah, took perfect. on the the Gentleman's Club. You know the Gentleman's Club, Adam. Chuck Taylor, Drew Gulak, and Orange Cassidy, accompanied to the ring by the Swamp Monster, Colonel Nolan Angus, and the Man Scout Jake Manning. <laughs> I don't know who uh, the Gentleman's Club's uh, ringside people were, but uh, other than the Swamp Monster. You don't know the Swamp Monster? No, other than the Swamp Monster, of course. 
No. So this was a time where like the gentlemen's club group was everyone I mentioned there, but Jake Manning. Okay. And Gabe would only let them do it and evolve if they put Jake Manning in the group. Um, and it just really stuck out like a sore thumb and it didn't last very long to evolve of all of them together. Yeah. Um, Ricochet took on AR Fox and El Generico took on Samurai Del Sol, who I think is Grand Metal, Grand, Grand Metallic. Kalisto, maybe one of them. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Now, the CZW show, uh, we see A.R. Fox versus Dave Christ, okay? Uh, Danny Havoc and Devin Moore against Mr. Tofinga and Mr. Tofinga's Fingers uh, taking on Alexander James, uh, Sammy Callahan and the other Christ brother against the Super Smash Brothers, uh, Rich Swan versus Shane Strickland. Oh, I know who that is. Okay, Alex Colon taking on Ruckus, Pepper Parks taking on Kakoa. Kakoa uh, rings a bell. Who's Kakoa? I have no clue. Oh, okay. Then that's not who I think it is. But. Uh, Drew Gulak and Kimberly taking on Greg Excellent and Mia Yim. All right. And I in the I, o- know, I know about twenty five percent of the names that you've mentioned on these two cards. Okay, but the the, the the ones that you know, like here they are ten years ago, like toiling in the Flyers skate zone. You know? Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I have to see if this show is on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium because the opener on the CCW show was Generico taking on Masada. And that match was either really good or really funny. There's no in between because Masada's terrible. He's maybe one of the worst wrestlers around, uh, arguably one of the worst people around. Um, also, one of the more difficult people to work with. And Generico has had much better matches with much worse people than Masada. So I really want to watch that match to see what the hell that is. Yeah. Might have been one of the things that drove Generico out of the wrestling business, you know? Right. Right. And caused him to retire and open up the orphanage uh, in Mexico. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And just a lot of interesting characters on this uh, evolved CZW doubleheader from 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Adam, uh, anything happened in wrestling in the last, uh, seven days that you want to talk about? Um, well, I just want to say one last thing about, uh, this day in history. Uh, I got the tweets a couple days ago and I did, I did a quick journalism, uh, September 7th. So we're one day off. Oh, four years ago. First episode of at odds with wrestling. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I had to throw it in here. Uh, I had to scroll through 20 pages of longboxheroes.com to just to confirm it, but sure. uh, just wanted to throw that out there. But all right. So as far as the week in wrestling, I figure we should just start things off with uh, what everybody is talking about online. You know, there's a lot of debates. You, you're taking sides. You're either for it, you're against it, whatever. But obviously the big talking point is the return of Braun Strowman. I'm just kidding. No, fuck that. <laughs> so uh, Joe, obviously we're going to talk a lot about, the shit show that happened over the last couple of days with AEW. So, oh, I, thought you, I, I was going to say the shit show that happened, and I was going to say, oh, we are going to talk about the return of Ron Strowman. No, no, no. I, I can. I did not watch a second of Clash at the Castle. Uh, I did not watch any Worlds Collide. Uh, the what? How do they say the the bloom has fallen off the rose of Monday Night Raw? I'm not watching that anymore. So <laughs> I'm done there. Uh, uh, 
uh, and again, I'll just throw this out there. Um, I saw the the gif, I guess, of when Braun Strowman made his return and he was chasing Chad Gable around the ringside area. He tripped. <laughs> um, and I did watch. I, I will watch a Kevin Owens match. Uh, and I watched Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory, and Kevin Owens was taking some stupid bumps for Austin Theory, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was good. You know, that was a good match. Um, SmackDown, I don't know. SmackDown was taped, so that doesn't count. Um, they were lining Hit Row and, uh, uh, God damn it, who the hell is it? Uh... The Street Profits, uh, that they have to team up. They have to, because the the power of the maximum male models is just too strong for any one group. So they're just going to like fold. And I think the Los Lotharios are now with maximum male models. It's all very unclear. Yeah. Really convenient that WWE just kind of just randomly associate Hit Row with the Street Profits. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, hmm, what? Why would they pair those two teams, you know? Hmm. It's it's punishing Cousin Tahuti for bailing Velveteen Dream out of jail multiple times in the month of August. All right. <laughs> At least three. You didn't hear about this? No, no. All right. I, I stay real, away from that shit. Real quick. I just know so, that Velveteen Dream, like, there was something about, like, him trying to get come back. And yeah. The so stuff two, with the footage came out. Yeah. So two weeks ago, right? Um... Two weeks ago, there's like a groundswell of uh like something of like, hey man, uh if Triple H is hiring people back, they should hire Velveteen Dream back. He got a raw deal and blah blah blah. And like one of them was that this is nasty guy on Twitter who always seems to have the fast nationals when AEW loses in the ratings, but never has them when AEW wins the ratings. Very suspicious. Um, he's got a lot of really bad hot takes and stuff. So two weeks ago, everyone's like, oh, Velveteen Dream deserves a second chance, right? Give Dream a chance, we're saying. And then it comes out that um, Velveteen Dream was uh, arrested for aggravated battery, which essentially is like stalking and the person presses charges, right? Mm. Um, and then Cousin Tahuti, uh bailed him out. And then as that came out, uh, another thing that the week prior, Velveteen Dream was arrested jailed and bailed out by cousin Tahuti for cocaine possession, right? Well, that was not bad. Okay, so then it comes out, uh, first of all, I don't know why, and they mentioned this on Pod Van Dam this week, I don't know why anyone's interviewing EC3 in the year 2022, but and they're not asking him, like, what's up with your stomach? Um, but he essentially told the story, and this was a whole big thing before AEW happened this week. Um, this was not in my stuff to talk about, but I wanted to talk about it, because, like, one more thing came out about it, and it'll lead into the AEW stuff. Um, so EC3 says that there was, um, a party that he was throwing when he was in, uh, NXT. He invited the entire roster there. Very long story short, Velveteen Dream set up his camera in EC3's bathroom to attempt to photograph. Like, everyone just went to, like, oh, he was trying to get pictures of people's dicks, right? But, like, more so he was trying to, like, get video of people, like, going to the bathroom, right? <laughs> now... And everyone, like, is like, oh, well, EC3 mentioned it, so we can all talk about it. We've known about it for years. Listen, I've known a lot of shit about EC to EC or uh, Velveteen Dream for years. I've said a lot of it on this podcast. Just goes to show, not a lot of people listen to this podcast. Maybe more people should listen to this podcast. Read between the lines. You can find out a lot of shit that's going on in the world of professional wrestling, because I really don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but the story that I had heard was it did not happen at 
like an offsite thing. I heard that it happened at the performance center, which is why it was like hush hushed. Now, I also I heard there was a bunch of times that when he was off TV on NXT, it was for cocaine violations and people that were under developmental deals did not have the same wellness violation stuff that people on the main roster did. So Triple H was a big fan and multiple times went to bat for him, which is very strange as to why Triple H was going to bat for Velveteen Dream so often. Maybe he got a shot of Triple H in the bathroom. We don't know. Mm. Um, but with all of that coming out, since the boys at Pod Van Dam recorded on Monday and we're recording on Thursday, another arrest story of Velveteen Dream came out where he was arrested at a Planet Fitness for attacking and biting a staff member who he had accused of stealing his belongings, his belongings that the authorities later found in his car. So it's been a banner month for Velveteen Dream. I say he should be back feuding with Braun Strowman. <laughs> and it's a big week for like news of like people biting people. Right, right. I think something happened. There's something in the water down in Florida, wherever the hell uh, Velveteen Dream and Ace Steel live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I'll let you take point on the uh, the fiasco that was the uh, AEW press conference after the pay-per-view. Well, I just want to start off before we get to the press conference and the fallout from that. I just want to kind of talk about the pay-per-view itself and get that out of the way. Um, so, I, I mean, there was a lot of things on that pay-per-view that I liked um, and counting the pre-show as well, you know, and to, to borrow from final wrestling place here's, you know, there's some good place things, you know, Kingston versus Ishii was really good, you know, delivered on what you were expecting. I liked the hangman dark order versus Omega and the bucks. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, I, I was tweeting it. The the end stretch with uh, John Silver getting those, like, two big false finishes on Kenny yeah. Omega. I was jumping out of my seat, man. Like, I they had me. They were great. Yeah, very seldom, you know, I think we're in agreement on this. Very seldom are you kind of, oh, ah, goddammit, a moth just flew into my face. <laughs> uh, very seldom is there a time when you just get hooked in that hard as they yeah, did yeah. there. I was like, oh, man, are they going to have... The Dark Order win here, but of course, uh, AEW, when they're predictable, they're predictable. Maybe more on that uh, from last night, but uh, yeah, I love that match. I liked the ladder match, and I'm going to say that initially, I liked the the whole thing with the Joker winning with Stokely Stable, uh, you know, and you're seeing the, this huge group of guys, and who's the mystery guy that's with Stokely? So I liked the initial part of that. Now, um, I have to ask, did you know who the mystery person was when they came out? Did you anything? I was following around on Twitter. Yeah. So, like, everybody was saying, oh, it's MJF. It's MJF. So, like, I don't know if I had a chance to kind of develop my own opinion on it, you know? Okay. Because I was going to say, I, I, I had it. <laughs> like, I had run to the bathroom, and I saw on social media that, like, oh, they're setting up the ladder. Like, people that were there live, they're like, oh, they're setting up the ladders. The casino ladder matches first. Mm-hmm. And I sit down, I go, oh, I, I, uh, Doug and DJ and Brad of Wings on Wings and Michelle is there begrudgingly in their front. Chuck is there. And I go, oh, I guess the ladder match is starting uh, first. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And then I get a message, uh, let's say from an unknown number <laughs> that says, big angle, MJF is the joke. <laughs> See, when you get that stuff, do you, are you happy you got it or you're, oh, you spoiled it? Uh, I don't know. I, I like being in the know, and we'll get into that. Yeah, I'm of the mindset, like, I don't watch trailers for movies. I want to go into things as, as clean as possible, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. It's just a different thing. Um, and other good place things, I'll say that I enjoyed Miro, Sting, and Darby versus House of Black. I liked uh, Sting spraying Malachi with the mist. I think that was cool. Uh, selfishly, you know, if Malachi is taking a step away, I would put that into the bad place because I, you know, I like the House of Black. Um, but I would like that match. And I will say that the CM Punk versus Mox match, while not something that I'm going to be like, oh my God, that, that was great. I was like, it was a fine match, you know. Uh, and then obviously MJF being revealed as the Joker, at least initially. Maybe more on this when we talk about Dynamite last night. I was like, oh, they might be doing something different with MJF. So that's that's good. That's in the good place, you know? Right. Uh, so I, I'll also throw in there the uh, Swerve and Keith Lee versus Acclaim match. Another match. where I was bite, Like in the last five minutes, I was biting on every false finish, man. Yeah. I really thought the acclaim was going to win, and the the people were super hot for the acclaim, and people are like, "Oh, they should have called an audible or whatever it is." Obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty, whatever it is, having them win the tag titles at Arthur Ashe, which is kind of sort of their hometown, you know. And now, because going into the match, it was like kind of two babyface teams where Keith Lee and Swerve were leaning more heel. Now at the promo that Swerve cut on Wednesday, I think it's very clear that they're heel in their hometown, cutting them off from doing the mic work on Wednesday. I think if you don't have the acclaimed win at Arthur Ashe, then we can come back and revisit how they fucked this all up. Yeah, I had uh, that in my kind of my bad list just because of the fact that, you know, with maybe it's again hindsight and with so many things that happened over that weekend that weren't feel good moments. Yeah. That would have been something that like that, the roof would have came off that place. There would have been nothing that you could have done in the main event that would have topped that pop of the acclaim winning, you know? Right. But you know, listen, we're going to eventually run out of pop sooner than later. So I get it. We got to get them in when we can. Uh, So we're, we're getting to the end of the show and we're trying to go over in our heads, like what matches are left. Right. And we're like, Oh, there's four matches. There's an hour left in the show. And then we're going over what the four matches are. And one of them was uh, Jungle Boy versus Christian, you know? Mm. And I go, yeah, you know, we could do these matches pretty quick. You know, not every one of these matches needs to be like 15, 20-minute epics. <laughs> and then Christian Jungle Boy ends up being just an angle. And listen, man, I love Christian. He's one of my all-time faves. So the fact that, like, he comes out smelling like a rose, it sucks for Jungle Boy. Especially, like, this should have been, like, a, a piece of a bigger angle. And apparently Christian's hurt and he's going to be out for nine months. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, they can't win for losing over at the uh, old All Elite Wrestling. But I enjoyed that whole segment. Uh, Jungle uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry died for the business by getting choke slammed on the still smoldering pyro thing. And his back is all fucked up. <laughs> oh, my God. It was crazy. I was going nuts. Yeah. And uh, main event was fine. Uh, I love the opening stretch where Punk goes and hits all of his moves, and they essentially attempt to replicate the match from Cleveland, but like on Punk's end. And I thought that was super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the the Luchasaurus turn is in my bad thing because of the fact that like make up your fucking mind. But I think I did call this either on last week's show or the week before that you know that could be. Uh, there's like, oh, he's, he turned heel and then he turned face only to turn heel again. But, um, it was fine. Shame about Christian. Uh, uh, what's her face? Jade, Jade Cargill versus Athena sucked out loud. Uh, 
powerhouse. I like Jade, I like Jade's hair, like Jade having the longer hair, like for the She Hulk thing that we can't say She Hulk for because it's a Marvel property and we're Warner DC. Yeah, uh, I thought she looked super hot as a uh, She Hulk. Yeah, I mean, she looked like a million bucks, but then the bell rang. Uh, <laughs> powerhouse Hobbs defeating Ricky Starks. I'm not going to say that that was bad, but I kind of scratched my head. Um, hopefully they run that back a couple more times. Yeah, and- you know, that one, I really could, like, I know last week on the show, I said, like, Ricky's going to win, but, like, Hobbs is going to lay him out because it's, like, the start of a feud, not the end of a feud. Um, you could have gone either way. I like both guys. I definitely think that they see more in Ricky as a baby face. And I think they need more to get Hobbs up to that next level. And beating Ricky is the thing. Um, I'm not upset with the outcome of this match. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, And the only other thing I'll say is I was watching this pay-per-view with some civilians. You know, some people that aren't diehard wrestling fans. Sure. uh, Wardlow FTR versus Jay Lethal Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, Boy, did I talk up the Motor City Machine Guns before this match. And I looked like a fool because they got (laughs) nothing in. You know, so... I really wish, or I hope we see the guns versus FTR just like two on two at some point, you know? Uh, I, a fine match, very unmemorable. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the sh- a lot of this match was talking to Michelle uh, about like how when Sanjay comes out and he puts on the shirt that says "Fight like an eight year old brat," you know? Yeah. And Michelle's like, "Who cares, right? Like, brat's not a bad word. Like, it's a kid. It's a brat. Whatever." So, and we're like, no, you don't, like, Michelle is, like, new to wrestling parlance. And, like, this just as the heels are coming out for their entrance. And uh, I go, no, I go, the little girl's going to come out, and she's going to steal the shirt, and they're going to take the shirt off them. Somebody's going to wipe their butt with it. She's probably going to get a chance to, like, do a move to them or something. Like, this is how wrestling works, you know? Yeah. And she goes, oh, that's so stupid. And then the little girl comes out and gets the pop. And then the little girl comes up after the match and breaks Sanjay's pencil and gets to do the fake pin on him. And she was like begrudgingly like, okay, I get it now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Begrudgingly. Did, did make Michelle into a fan. Like did, did her heart grow three sizes she, at that moment? She's a secret fan. I know yeah. she's a big fan of Royal Rumbles <laughs> uh, specifically. And there's a couple people like, I know she's an Oscar fan. I know she's a Becky Lynch fan. Uh, I don't know what AEW ladies she's fans of. I know she's not a fan of Britt Baker. <laughs> but it is. I don't know. All right. So, obviously, we finished this seven-hour pay-per-view. Yes. So everybody went home. Everybody went their separate ways. Got ready to put their head to pillow. <laughs> because nothing else could possibly happen to them. <laughs> uh, I don't often check out the post-pay-per-view live uh press conference but every once in a while you know i'll see some people live tweeting and uh, i think it was trevor dane is live tweeting along to it i'm following and i'm like oh shit i should probably turn this on and uh uh your buddy charles montgomery punk was in rare form joe (laughs) apparently he has a grudge with scott colton whoever that is oh i don't know who that is are you friends with him are you still friends with him (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what was going on there, but man, I will leave most of this time to you, but he went on a fucking tirade and uh, just tear it into uh, Hangman Page, uh, talking about how Cole Cabana uh, made a ton of money off of him and nobody other than Vince McMahon has made more money off of CM Punk's name than Cole Cabana. Uh, Just a complete fucking shit show of a post-match uh, you know, post pay per view press conference, and I'll tell you what, Joe, I fucking loved every second of it. 
So uh, I'm driving home from DJ's. We went up to DJ's uh, to watch the pay-per-view. DJ lives a little ways from me. You know, it's a like maybe like a 15, 20-minute drive. Yeah. And I'm driving home, and it was raining like a motherfucker. So I'm taking my time coming down the mountain and everything else like that, avoiding, like, the flooded areas of Wilkes-Barre, which there are many. And my phone starts blowing up. It's DJ. It's this person. It's the unknown number. Are you watching this? I'm like, no, I'm still driving home. Holy shit. You, like, put it on your phone now. You know, like, that's how important this is. Like, drive with this on. So I'm like, I start, I catch it at the tail end. They're like, they're filling me in on what I missed. And then I'm getting information from the unknown number that's, like, coming out, like, maybe, like, five minutes after I get a text into me. Uh, and I'm sending it to DJ, and he's the only one I'm telling it to. Like, I'm not putting anything else out. And I forget because I can't look at my tweets because I'm still banned. Um, there was something else that came out and I quote tweeted it. I'm sad. I go, okay, everyone. Uh, I think it's time to go to bed because I'm sure nothing else is going to happen tonight. <laughs> and that was literally after I was told that both sides were screaming at each other, that they were going to sue each other. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of reporting, a lot of very biased reporting. I will say this, Okay. Um, there are a lot of very biased reporting coming out regarding he said, she said, and what happened. And I only want to remark on what we know, like what could be proven. Okay. Mm. CM Punk went on a tirade, had a lot of problems with Colt. His timeline's a little fishy because he says like, I haven't been friends with Colt Cabana for almost 10 years. And I wish I hadn't been friends with him longer um, than that. And I think, didn't he do the interview um, if my timeline is correct with Caban in like 2014, so like they were two years into like Punk not wanting to be his friend and Punk did this anyway. Um, again, he was in a state of duress. He had injured himself at the pay-per-view on the dive and DJ, I want to give DJ credit for that because he did the dive and then for like the rest of the pay-per-view, rest of the match, he's like really fucking with his elbow, you know? And DJ's like, he fucked himself up on that dive. I, I could tell. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just working, you know? Um, so apparently he's out for like at least eight months from the injury from the dive. Okay. Um, we also know that punk has been stripped of the world title and the bucks and Kenny have been stripped of the trios title, which, you know, they're going to, they crown the new trios champions on dynamite this week. They're going to crown the new champion at, uh, Arthur Ashe in two weeks. Um, you know, the reports have come out that says, uh, you know, okay, so Punk says a bunch of shit about Cabana, says a bunch of shit, naming Cabana, naming uh, Hangman Page, then blanket statement, the EVPs, right, um, says that they go and they kind of like stooge stuff off to the dirt sheets and kind of try to paint him in a bad light, you know, um, now, if I was a reporter there, I would have, like, a million follow-up questions, right? You know? And everyone's just like, oh, what the fuck is going on? Uh, which is also a correct reaction to have. Uh, Punk goes back to his locker room where the last two weeks he's talked about how he has an open-door policy uh, with his locker room. Uh, anyone can come on in. And somebody else tweeted this. <laughs> they said open-door closed-fist policy for his <laughs> locker room. Uh, apparently there was a skirmish. Apparently there were punches thrown, apparently there was hair pulled, and apparently someone got bit, okay? <laughs> yeah, and a chair thrown, right? Yeah, and a chair thrown, yes. 
Uh, now there's no official, there's no, like we could piece things together from the bias reporting that we have. Okay. Um, but all we know is a lot of people are in trouble. Okay. Apparently if you were a wrestler or an agent involved in this, you were suspended. Um, there is talk that Ace Steel is probably done, but again, nothing has been made official. Ace Steel did put his social media on private. Um, and of course, CM Punk being out for eight months, that's going to give everyone kind time to settle and stew and so forth. Okay. Yeah. None of these people are mentioned on TV. Bucks are not mentioned. Kenny's not mentioned. Punk is not mentioned on TV this week. Okay. So, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm issue. I'm opening this up to the listeners, the millions of people that listen to this show. I've remained quiet and it's not just because my Twitter got banned. <laughs> uh, I've liked some tweets that I thought were funny. I've retweeted some things that I thought were funny because everyone had a lot of good jokes on this, but I've kept my opinion in regards to this private. Okay. Mm. But I'm going to put this out here on the fourth, uh, the four year anniversary of this podcast. Thank you for reminding me of that, Adam. Yeah. Um, if CM Punk would like to reach out to me, uh, follow me on social media. We have mutual friends in common. You want to send me a text? No bias. You know, we've had our differences over the years. I will put your story out and I will back your side of the story. <laughs> if the Young Bucks would like to unblock me on social media and they would like to reach out to me, we have mutual friends in the business. They have my number. And they would like to give me their side of the story. I will put out an, uh, and listen, on bias, uh, the Bucks and I have a history. Uh, I will I will back them publicly on their side of the story. So mm -hmm. whichever side reaches out to me first, I will back their side of the story publicly. Until then, <laughs> I will just like and retweet funny jokes about what happened. <clears throat> yeah. Let me ask you this, Joe. So... Obviously, over the past year, uh, it's been something of a redemption story for CM Punk. Sure. Your eyes, right? Yes. You know, he got his bunny back, you know? So let me ask you, after just the press conference alone, uh, any of that bunny go away? Or did you add a couple, ch uh, like, chunks of loose chocolate to it? Well, let me see. Has Punk reached out to me yet? I don't know if I can give my opinion publicly just yet. Okay, fair enough. See, all right. Because I'll just say that for me personally, because my opinion means nothing. You're the one who matters, so you'll keep your opinion uh, up for uh, grabs. I'll just say that nothing on that press conference made me dislike CM Punk at all. You know, all right. Like, I love the unhingedness of it. I have no problem with it. And I I am addicted to post-pay-per-view press conferences now because it's very much like watching you know another fucking not ideal person like conor mcgregor doing a post ufc press conference it's fucking unhinged uh i like it i, I want to see one of these after like every dynamite going forward <laughs> you know i want one after AEW dark you know like i don't want to watch the wrestling itself i just want a press conference so uh, somebody um, somebody had joked that they should give the pay-per-views away for free and make you pay for the post show press conferences <laughs> yeah exactly um, anything else from the press conferences? I want, I do want to move on to dynamite. No, I think that's it. Uh, bucks, you can get my number punk. You can get my number. 
like I said, you know, it's known out there that I've had my differences with these people. First ones that reach out to me, I will publicly back and support their side of the story, no matter how ludicrous or phony it might be. Yeah. And am I, oh, one more thing about the press conference. Am I not mistaken that Tony Storm came on and was like, oh, ever since Thunder Rosa was injured and they, her and, uh, Khan had a good chuckle over it, right? Uh, yeah, they were saying that she said, it's like, well, it's like, well, Thunder Rosa says she's injured. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a thing. Yeah. All right. So I, again, I wanted to talk a little bit about dynamite. Um, a couple things, you know, some good things and some bad things. I just want to say right off the rip, obviously they announced the tournament to uh, crown the new AEW world champion. We're not doing any of this interim shit anymore. Punk's uh, Punk's going to be gone way too long. Plus, you know, uh, maybe he had something to do with the big fight. So punish him. Uh, sucks that Jericho spoiled the results of Hangman versus Danielson. Right, right. Promo when he said, you know, that he's going to beat Hangman or Danielson next week. Um but the one thing I want to bitch the most about is the fact we had Death Triangle versus the Best Friends, and it was the most predictable, safest, paint-by-numbers result to have the fucking Death Triangle once again get another set of belts. So mad. Now, again, I am biased. Uh, I'm a big fan of Orange Cassidy. I'm a fan of uh, the Best Friends. But I also like Pac. I also like the Lucha Bros. Uh, but, like, you knew going into that match that there was, like, a 99.9% chance that the fucking Death Triangle was going to win. Uh, and they just went with it. And if if Orange Cassidy doesn't take that All-Atlantic belt from Pac, uh, I'm going to be worried about the future of those guys as far as their push. Now, I know you'll say they don't need belts, which they don't. But fuck it, I want them to have them. Just like Eddie Kingston don't need a world title, I still need them to have it, you know? Um, so I'm, I came out of that just visibly like going like, come on. It's just complete bullshit that they same guys seem to just keep winning the same titles or winning titles over and over. Uh, yeah, I get you. Um, I really would have loved to have seen best friends win it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they're going to get a top, you know, even when they were in the tournament and they made it as far as they did, um, and they didn't make it to the finals and they get this opportunity here and they didn't win here. Um, I, I'm sure they're going to get a run with the titles. This very well may be just a stopgap along the way. Um, it was still, bu- it was still a bummer when they lost. Yeah. Uh, next thing on dynamite is we had your boy MJF come out and cut a promo. Uh, no Stokely Hathaway. Like obviously his group came out later on, but, uh, it's unclear. You mean king of the ladder matches, Stokely exactly. <laughs> Uh He had to rough up uh, an LVAC alum there as well. I forget, uh, Young Jay Lee. Yes. Yeah, so. But, like, what is the association between MJF and that group? Is there one? Are we going to forget that they had any involvement whatsoever? I don't know. It's very disjointed. But at least MJF is a baby face. He's going to change things up. He's going to mix it up, Joe. He's the guy that you've always wanted to be. Oh, no, wait. He's going to go and do the exact same promos, but he's just going to drop more and more WWE references. So uh, is it funny seeing MJF talk about, you know, Triple H and all that stuff. Sure. I like it. Um, but man, it's just more of the same stuff. CM or MJF is back. Yay. Oh, uh, okay. 
Uh, again, AEW was a good show this week, but it was a lot of like disappointment. I was disappointed that the best friends didn't win. I was disappointed that they had MJF just go back to his standard cookie cutter promo. But I understand that those promos aren't for me. The fans love that sort of stuff. And him being the one that constantly dangles that carrot of like, oh, 2024, I'm going to go to WWF. And I love the game Triple H and my friend Cody and all that other stuff. Okay, that's the stuff that's not for me. I love every glimpse that we get of super mega babyface Max. I think there's a ton of money to be made there. Uh, again, losing four members of your roster in the course of five days definitely can mean that plans change. But I like that he is now positioned against Moxley. Uh, Moxley, who cut like the promo of a lifetime. Uh, after MJF and at least the character stuff, Mox ain't going to put up with MJF shit. He could come out baby face and stuff. He could make the WF references. He could do all that sort of stuff. Mox's character ain't going to sell any of that. Mox is just going to kick the shit out of him. Yeah. So that adds a little bit of a different dynamic to MJF. Uh, you know, you could argue all the other things. MJF's only one real law. Lo- well, he has the lost award low. But other than that, his only other loss in AEW is against Moxley. Um, I could see uh, Stokely's Dangerous Alliance coming in and assisting when they have the match at the pay-per-view uh, in November. Um, but like, I like the glimpse of, like, that I know that babyface Max is in there, and I'm so excited for when that finally happens. Yeah. I'm actually kind of, like, when he was confronted by Moxley, I was actually surprised that we didn't get, like, a lights go out, a lights go out, and the Dangerous Alliance come out or something yeah. to that effect. You know, maybe they're saving that, like you said, for the pay-per-view or something in the lead-up. But, but yeah, I was just kind of like, okay, you have this super over, at least an AEW character, uh, coming off of a, a very, I don't want to say well thought out, but at least a lot of work went into Angle. You know, to take him off of TV and erase all mention of MJF and everything like that. To bring him back in this creative way of having him be the Joker and masked and all that stuff. And the the very convincing voicemail that they played before he came back. Right. Uh, only to have it just go back to, uh, you know, status quo. So that was a little disappointing, you know. I'm with you. But I will say that Dynamite ended on a good note. Uh, obviously for this show, uh, nobody's a bigger fan of, uh, Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta matches than I, <laughs> and, uh, their match for the pre, uh, the ring of honor pure title, uh, was a very fun match. And the fact that Garcia won, uh, holy shit in his hometown that you can actually do that. You can actually have a quasi heel win a belt and have the, uh, in his hometown and have the crowd go nuts. Plus all of the drama of Danielson coming out, shaking his hand and Jericho being kind of miffed about it. And Wheeler Yuta didn't look too happy uh, that, that uh, Danielson was out there to celebrate. So uh, I don't know, maybe at some point the Blackpool combat club will be getting Garcia, but maybe they'll lose Wheeler Yuta. There's a lot of questions there. I thought that dynamite finished on a high note. Yeah, for sure. I know that you went back and watched the main event of Dynamite two more times afterwards just to get the full effect. Exactly. And uh, as it was suggested to me on Twitter, I I turned the thermostat of my house up to full blast. There you go. 
<laughs> really get the full effect. But no, I thought the match was good, not great. Yeah. Um, I love the finish. The finish was awesome. And then, you know, everything kind of setting up, you know, the future of these groups. And I feel as though this was kind of one of the things that was salvaged out of everything that happened since Sunday. That this kind of is going. The only thing going along with this, of course, is, you know, adding these principles into the world title eliminator, you know? Yeah. And just kind of off topic, but on topic, I want to see the Blackpool Combat Club at least once come out all together. You know, like, I feel like they're all in the group by name, but uh, nobody's running buddies with anybody else, you know? Uh, well, that's the thing. You know, they come out for their matches, you know, if it's a singles or a tag or a trios match together, you know, and Regal goes over and does commentary. But typically, if there's some sort of, like, post-match beatdown, they're immediately out there to help the rest of their guys, you know? Uh, even though, except for Moxley, yeah. but Moxley's at a different level. You know, Moxley technically, let's say, uh, is the star, the ace of the promotion. And, uh, you know, without go, you know, without tipping my hand a little too much, I'll just say this. There are people in wrestling that like to say that they're the next coming of Harley Race or Terry Funk or Bret Hart or whoever your favorite wrestler is. And then there are guys like Moxley that don't say it. They just go out and fucking do it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, they need to kind of treat Moxley as special. And, like, if he's just, like, the fifth guy coming out to break up a brawl, you know, I think that maybe takes a little bit of the specialness away from him. Um, but the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club is always out for each other. You know, they're always there for each other. But that's all I actually have, Joe. A lot of things there, but like I said, it was all about lots of AEW the last few days and I felt like it's just too much to just say here's my two things I wanted to talk about you know yeah and I'll, I guess I'll just throw this one out here too um Circle 6 just recently announced that they're going to have their events uh on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium and uh I don't know it seems like uh maybe not the best idea for IWTV no. Um, I don't know. Circle Six wasn't really lighting the world on fire. Uh, even the illegal streaming sites weren't showing their shit, you know? <laughs> um, they draw houses in the average of, like, 20 people. Um, unless the guy who runs it is paying Jerry and everybody else at IWTV, like, a boatload of money. Uh, like, they're doing, like, how Vince used to do Superstars back in the day, where he'd pay markets to have their show on. Yeah. Uh, if this guy's doing that, I'd retract everything I'm saying. Um, and it's good for me to be like, ah, I'm friends with all these people and I'm friendly with a lot of other people and I can kind of get away with cocking off of the podcast, you know? Yeah. Um, if they listen, they'll come to me and I'll be like, eh, there's no shit I wouldn't say to your, you know, in, in your face or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Circle six seems like a dead promotion before it even starts. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't put them on IWTV. Let them squander and die, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, speaking of which, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, I get to assign homework this week, right? You do. Uh, last homework was me assigning uh, LVAC. I'm glad you keep track of that, too, right? Yeah, I'm on top of shit. Okay. Uh, so, Adam, I'm assigning you two shows, okay? Mm. But it's technically only one show, okay? And it's one event center. 
It's the Chikara Tag World Grand Prix from May 18th, 2013. Okay. Uh, I forget who's in the event center promos, but I would have, there's, there's probably a reason I would have chose it. Okay. From night one, which is listed here as first stage, you only have to watch the opening match, which is the Young Bucks taking on the Baltic Siege. Okay. Of the Estonian Thunderfrog and Latvian Proud Oak. Okay. Okay. Yep. I don't want to say anything more about that match than what I've already just said here. Fair enough. So that's one match off the first show. Off the second show, uh, you can skip the first two matches. Okay? You could yep. start the show at the 28-minute mark. Okay. Okay. I can do that. All right. And the links for these will be in the show notes, of course. If you're not a subscriber to Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, you should be. Um, you know, use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. Gets you nothing for free, but it lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. And, uh, you know, we're talking about IWTV here, so the plug for that goes there. Cool. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. Let's get into some voicemail, huh? All right. Uh, just a regular button for this first call, Adam. Uh-oh. Hello, Adam. Hello, Joe. Strongest fan in all the land. Martin MacArthur here. There's a lot we can talk about in wrestling. You know, there's a lot been going on, but none of that matters because I'm inspired today for my question because I'm wrestling in front of a BW3 today, and obviously they're a big wing place. Um, so this question is really divisive, and I need to know, what do you prefer? Flat, uh, uh, sorry, traditional wings or boneless? And if you like traditional flats or drumsticks, whatever. Wing preferences this week. That's all I need. I think this is a very divisive divisive topic, and uh, I'm interested to see what you guys think. That's all I got. All right, MacArthur, out. Uh, thank you, Artie. Something seems missing with Artie. Like, he lost, you know, there's just, that spark is gone. It, it, he just kind of seems going through the motions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. We need to... We need to get some more energy into Artie. Like, uh, I know that uh, he doesn't have his button anymore. Uh, I don't know. We got to get him something. I don't know. We're going to figure this out. But I will say I I hate any food I have to work for. Like, if I have to, like, oh, people are like, oh, you know, clams or lobster or, or like, ribs. Anything that you have to tear apart and do a process to get at the food. So the less work, the better. I will always take a good if like the meat is equivalent. I'll take a boneless wing all day. To paraphrase the great Tom Dreamer, mm-hmm. uh, I'm hardcore. I'll take them all. <laughs> uh, I like a boneless wing. I like a flat. I like a drumstick. If you're gonna make me choose, I'm going drumsticks all the way. Oh, see, that's uh, there's like not enough meat on there. Now, that give, just give me more fucking wings then. But, like, in the amount of time you have to spend, like, getting at the meat, you could be, like, onto your next boneless wing. Okay. Like, you could consume more volume over a shorter period of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't eat hot, like, super hot wings or even, like, relatively hot wings, right? Yeah. Typically, I'll get, like, barbecue sauce, uh, a garlic, 
butter, a garlic parmesan is about as hot as I'll go, right? Mm. So with a drum, okay, I could take a bite, reopen my mouth, and spin that son of a bitch and clean that bone right off, right? Yeah. The flats, on the other hand, I'll take that first bite, and then I'll break the, because it's the two bones in there, I'll break the one bone, and then I'll give it the spin and clean the other bone. So it's a little bit more work, but, uh, you know, there's there's something that's, like, primal almost is eating meat, like, right off the bone, you know? You don't get to do that with steak, really. You don't get to do that with a lot of other meats. You could do that with fish, but that's just a disaster. So, like, getting a chicken wing and eating it right off the bone, like, there's just something very primal about it, you know? I guess, but, uh, again, that's all wasted effort. Like, like you can do two or three boneless wings in the amount of time that you're detailing this, like, process of breaking bones and that. And then there's, like, time you can throw into, like, grab a beer and all. I don't know, man. I think you've got a lot of wasted movements in there. We could figure out a way to... Uh, to like optimize your wing eating experience. I don't know, but Artie, uh, you know, I, I think you need to to put the boots to Big Sue and get that that sepia button back. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Sue has a call on here somewhere uh, where he would have earned the sepia button, but we'll we shall see. Well, listen, I'll just say there's not a call from Sue. Spoilers. What? what? Um, again. Uh, I'm not the one who did this whole whatever sepia button thing and acknowledged it and so forth. So I don't know. This is between you and Artie and Sue. I got nothing to do with it, right? Well, that that's as is both of my bets. But I'll just say that uh, whoever the Jack Tunney is of the soon-to-be-named network, if uh, if the, the sepia button isn't defended within a reasonable amount of time, it might be stripped. I'm just saying. Gotcha. All right. What's next? All right. Next call. Hey, fellas, it's uh, Claudio Sharpshire here. I just had a funny question to posit to Mr. Spozo, having known him for so many years. Uh, what does it feel like to know that you have to unequivoc- unequivocally take Mr. Phil Brooks's side on this dispute, uh, knowing your feelings about the other side? Um, having known you for so long and known how you used to feel about Mr. Brooks, I just think that this is uh, delicious irony, and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Well, I love the show and all that good stuff, and I uh, hope you guys have a good day. Thank you, uh, Claudio Sharpshooter. I think I doxed him before. You know, if he doesn't want his name out there, that's okay. But I've known Claudio Sharpshooter for the better part of some 20-plus years. And uh, listen, uh, my my thoughts and my feelings and whose side I'm on is open to the highest bidder. I'm not asking him to send me any money, but I'm not going to turn money away. <laughs> um, so, you know, Punk, reach out to me. Nick and Matt, water under the bridge. Maybe I'll make you apologize to my wife. Other than that, that's uh, that's where I stand on this whole thing, you know? Yeah, obviously you can't answer his question directly because we already addressed that. But uh, I will say I did get to meet Claudio Sharpshooter uh, at the LVAC Steel Stack show. So it was nice meeting you. Uh, it's a shame that every single time I, I ran into him, uh, I was kind of like zipping past trying to take care of something else. So uh, mm. next time, buddy. Next time. Uh-huh. Next call. Hey, guys. It's Kevin. Lot to talk about wrestling this week. Very much looking forward to the show. Um, so, uh, thought here. Uh, over the weekend, I went and watched uh, Clash at the Castle and NXT Worlds Collide and AEW All Out. 
And I was very disappointed with Clash of the Castle. In the end, nothing happened. It was nothing show. Hype Up is the first stadium slash pay-per-view slash whatever show over there in 30 years, and nothing happened. Sheamus didn't win IC title. Drew didn't win world title. It was a nothing show. It ended up being a glorified house show. Say what you will about NXT, but at least that show mattered with combining the titles. Something happened to make it worth it. A ton happened on All Out. That show was worth it. Then, let's fast forward to Wednesday. So we had bought tickets uh, a while ago, or, well, we we were offered tickets a while ago. I'm sorry. And we're all set to go to Buffalo. Then the fallout from All Out happens. It's like, oh, Buffalo might be a really good show. And then everything happened. We're like, holy shit, we're going to actually see a really good show here. Uh, like, an important show, a show that matters. Much more than Clash of the Castle. So my question is, and you can pick A question or B question, or if you're really bored and the show's not running long enough, both. Um, one, a pay-per-view slash a special event should matter, right? Royal Rumble, uh, a cage match, a title change, something. A pay-per-view should matter, correct? Two, other option, have you ever been going to a wrestling show that just seemed like an average, ordinary, run-of-the-mill show, and as you're going, you realize, oh, wow, something special is happening tonight. I'm excited. Okay, those are my options. Uh, talk to you guys later. Joe, I hope everything works out for Twitter. Bye. <laughs> uh, I, I want to start things off and thank you, Kevin, for not uh, actually calling five times like you said on Twitter that you did. <laughs> um, I want to start off by saying I was right. Joe was wrong. Uh, Roman ain't losing that belt. I don't care where it is. It doesn't matter if it's the first stadium show in, in England. Roman wasn't losing that belt. So I accept your apology. Uh, but, I mean, not every show can mean something. But I feel like more often than not, most WWE shows don't mean anything. Especially uh, like a non-Big Four Big Three. You know what I'm saying? Uh I'm glad I didn't watch it. Supposedly the the Walter Sheamus match was good, and supposedly there were some other decent matches, but uh, more of it the same, you know. So whatever. Uh, as far as going to a show and having the feeling that something big was going to happen, I mean every LVAC show, obviously. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, but I don't like as far I've never been to an AEW show, and I've never been to a WWE show that meant a damn, you know. So it's kind of hard to say. And, uh, uh, yeah, okay, so, um, okay, every pay-per-view should mean something, and you, Kevin, and my, Joe, and Adam's idea of what means something is very different than each other, and people in WWE and so on and so forth means differently, and I'm sure in their mind, just doing Clash of the Castle, first show in 30 years, happened on pay-per-view overseas, and the big production, everything else like that, they felt as though probably that was enough for it to be a happening, right? Yeah. Um, it would have been cool to see a title change. And listen, Solo Sokoa debuts, Tyson Fury shows up and stops Austin Theory. So these are all things that WWE could point to and say, like, look at all these things that happened at the show. But that doesn't mean shit to any of us, right? Mm. Um, and obviously with the number of premium live events that WWE does, it's tougher and tougher to make those moments happen. But I'll say this, you know, Adam mentioned like the big three, the big four, your WrestleMania, your Royal Rumble, your Survivor Series to a much lesser extent, and your SummerSlam, like big, sh you know, when big stuff happens on those shows, it's big things. Yeah. 
But yeah, um, it's, it's hard to when there's a pay per view every month, you know, to to really care and for them to deliver on all of them, you know. Yeah, and to piggyback off Adam, you know, going to a show and not really expecting something and then having something huge happen, it's going to be big when I'm there at the LVAC show and Dan gets his first, big Dan gets his first win there ever. <laughs> um, I'll say this though, you know, there's a bunch of them like, you know, you could talk about like, oh, I was at WrestleMania 17 with Rock and Hogan, like it's WrestleMania, you know, it's going to be big and then you don't realize like how big that moment becomes. Um, but like I was at, uh, in your house, mind games in okay. Philly. It was the first WWF pay per view I ever went to. Uh, I had shit seats. I was literally like the last row, you know. And I was there because I was a big Mick Foley fan, and it's Mankind versus Shawn Michaels for the title. And like, even if you take into consideration, like that was a really good match, arguably one of the ma- best matches of the year. And I got to see it live. But then I'm there and I'm walking around like the concourse, and I'm like, oh, there's a lot of. You know, it's a Philly show, and there's a lot of ECW fans here, but there's, like, Jim Molyneux and uh, John Finnegan, the referees from ECW, and then, like, oh, there's staff and production people from ECW here. I'm like, huh, something, something's going on tonight, I think. I don't know. And then that was the deal where they had Dreamer and Sandman and Paul Lee in the front row uh, kind of interrupting the show and leading to, like, some partnership with AEW uh, AEW, listen to me, uh, ECW and, uh, WWF. Yeah. All right. But yeah, it must've been cool to see the, all of the little pieces come together, you know, at a, all the ECW guys there and you, know, you being an ECW somewhat fanboy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there's more, but like, that's the first one that comes to my mind. Like, you know, and obviously there's the story I've told a million times being at the second, like my second ever ECW show, October 28th, 1995, where it's just like a non-named show. It's just a random like whatever, right? It's not like, uh, you know, heat wave, whatever. It's not November to remember. It's not this. And like the fire chair incident happens, right? Yeah. That was more a dangerous, uh, my life is being threatened sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah, the old expression, anything can happen in extreme championship wrestling. That's right, in the world of uh, extreme championship wrestling entertainment. (laughs) Uh, So... Last button, pink button. Uh, I did get the Iggy to listen to this ahead of time, uh, just to verify the qual the 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 call quality. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. He's on the verge of getting the getting a a delete next time. But go ahead. That's right. All right, it's Young Ed, everybody. Hey, John Adam, it's Ed. Um. So, anything cool happened this weekend? Um. I mean, I said what I had to say about CM Punk on the show. I'm sure you, sure you guys have talked about it. I'm sure we're all Team Punk. I'm sure we're all Team Punk, and I'm very excited about that. Um, you know, young bucks fucked around to find out. You know what I mean? Ace Steel biting people is fucking cool, though. Like, I don't know. Like, this, this story's already really dope, but then, like, you had Ace Steel biting people on top of it. It just becomes one of the coolest wrestling stories ever. Um, those muffins looked really good. <laughs> so, uh, real random, but I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a post by Matt Tremont. And uh, he was talking about how before he retires, he wants to win the NWA world title. And I think that's the funniest fucking thing in the world. Uh, but I was wondering if you guys could think of anyone funnier <laughs> than Matt Tremont uh, being an NWA world champion. Because, like, that's, I think that's probably about the funniest. That would be so fucking awesome. 
Um, oh, by the way, uh, my panel, Colossal Con East in the Poconos, is going to be Friday at midnight if, if you guys want to come. It's technically Saturday morning, I guess, but um, they're counting this Friday, so I'm just going to roll with that. Um, really excited to uh, to do this one. I don't think I've done this one at uh, a Colossal Con before, so it should be great. going to expose a lot of people to the... Uh, Anal Von Death match. And then that match where Mr. Donosuke uh, wrestled Dino from DDT, and uh, they got sensors put on their cocks, and the first one to get a boner loses. Wrestling's so fucking awesome. Okay, bye! <laughs> I, I lost the first... Oh, the fucking NWA title. I don't know, man. Like, uh, you know, Broski brought some legitimacy to that title, so it's, it's hard to say, you know... The, the, Anybody who wins it going forward is going to be taken super seriously. Uh, I don't know, Joe. Who'd be the funniest person to see uh, win that belt? Well, I just want to throw this out there first. You know, uh, Ed said that in that match they had censors on their dicks, and whoever got aroused first lost. Uh-huh. Um, that that censor has a name. It's called a tumescence meter. Thank you very much. <laughs> Not that I know for any reason. Um I was actually going to say the funniest person to win the NWA title would be Broski, but that's already happened. Um, <laughs> his second reign, obviously. His second reign, right. His non-injured reign as the NWA champion. Um, remember when Matt Tremont pushed real hard to get that match with Cody and, like, Cody just kept stringing him along, you know? Um, who currently would be the funniest? And, like, I obviously we'd have to take, like, WWE people out of it. Um... Let me think. Uh, like, I, I don't want to, like, I could, like, make a joke and say, you know who would be really funny to win it? Jimmy Lloyd. Jimmy Lloyd is the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, I think everyone past, present, and future after that would throw the title down. <laughs> Not taking anything away from Jimmy Lloyd as a person. He's a sweetheart, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, Jimmy Lloyd with the NWA title is very funny to me. They should do a bit where whoever wins the title, like the next person who wins the title just shows up. It doesn't even have to be at like AEW or WWE or even a big indie, but they just show up to the next shindy that they're booked at and just throw down the NWA title. And then right. just like everybody who keeps winning it, like every champion just keeps throwing it down. They win it. Their next booking, they vacate it. And yeah. Billy Corgan scrambles to do a new tournament, to crown the new champion. That person wins. And then they just throw it down at their next booking. And that just continues the <laughs> the legacy of the NWA title. Exactly. <laughs> until Corgan Until Corgan gets pissed off and just sells the NWA to uh, Double J on pennies on the dollar. Ah, <laughs> uh, and there, Double J ain't throwing that belt down. Nope. <laughs> No, sorry, Bob. Uh, and as far as Colossal Con, uh, Ed, does it cost money to go to this thing? So I don't know. Like, uh, I, I was like, kind of concerned with that, you know? I think it does cost money. Oh, man. Can I be snuck in through a back door? We'll, we'll talk, pal. <laughs> I think if you dress as a cat girl, they'll just let you go. If you dress like a cat girl and walk with a purpose, they'll just <laughs> let you in anywhere at Colossal Con. Yeah, like that person belongs here. Um, right. And bring an extra cat girl costume, maybe in a in a larger size. <laughs> right. Or if you have like a two person cat girl costume Ooh. that you and Adam could both be in together. <laughs> are we talking like is it one of those where we're like the best friends and he's on my shoulders? Or are we talking one of those like horse costumes where one of us is the front, one of us is the back? 
I would assume it's like a horse costume with a front and a back. If you want to be a giant ass cat girl, that's I think another fetish con that Ed's going to later <laughs> in the month. <laughs> All right, we gotta get this figured out. So right, lots of moving parts, but uh, thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ed. So I already gave the plug for uh, LV or LVAC for uh, IWTV. Um, you know, I'm not giving them another one. They got some stuff they're handling tonight anyway. Um, T public sale is next week. I'll give you a reminder there, but you could certainly check stuff out there. Uh, I did get the official text from the boss, even though after the last show, he claimed he was retired, uh, from booking shows. He did say that this one is going to be his last one that he's going to retire. Uh, but I'm officially on for commentary for the next LVAC show, the 21st of October, back to our home in Sokol's. Uh, no idea on streaming. I'm going to lean to no, just because of how Sokol's is. And I know uh, Tim and Marcus and Final Wrestling Place were saying that the pre-order link is going to go up for tickets. Right. I one one time in Sokol's history they did a pre-order. I don't think they're doing it this time. Hmm. Okay. So it's cash at the door, like all the previous Sokol shows are going back to their roots after having their biggest show. Uh, you know, they're going to a bunch of bands, Sunstroke and Faye, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know those bands. Um, you know, uh, 20 bucks, uh, Vax card, negative test required, uh, already announced Dan Champion, Max the Impaler, Hydra, Billy Avery, The Colony, Edith Surreal, The Creeps, and I would assume that uh, Mr. Pig, The Boar, is going to be there as well, fingers crossed, uh, Erica Lee as well, so that we could start angling and I could do it in person, that it's time for them to have uh, tag team titles. <laughs> yeah go right to the tag titles like we don't need to have a singles title like right off the bat but we need a tag title yeah listen if lvac uh, you know is like the best parts of chikara and it kind of sort of is um you know chikara in its infancy for its first like four years the only title they had was the young lions cop and then it wasn't until 2006 before they introduced tag team titles and then it wasn't until like 2009 or 10 where they introduced like a singles title. Yeah. So I say tag titles uh, is the first for LVAC, even if it's just fancy shirts with gold foil on them <laughs> that the winners have to wear that you don't want to invest in belts. I know yeah. somebody had suggested maybe like a trophy, uh, you know, for them too. But I guess there was a dispute in regards to the trophy that Puff won when he murdered Dan Champion for the naming rights to the pierogi. Um, but I don't think Puff has defended that trophy anywhere. I, I'd have to chalk to whoever the Jack Tunney of the LVAC is <laughs> to see what the 30-day rule on pierogi naming trophies are. Again, you mentioned before, a lot of moving pieces with this, just like with the sepia button, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan Champion should just go on Wikipedia and, like, change the uh, title lineage of that pierogi belt, you know? Yeah! So, That's you know? worked out in the past for previous titles. It, it, it's just as viable as winning it, you know? After yeah. Um, but what and, was I going to say? Oh, oh, I was going to say, go as far as the tag titles, uh, yes. how about two pieces of a locket that when you put them together, like, makes a heart or something oh <laughs> yeah. i like that that's that's an idea hmm. all right these are all ideas i'm gonna pitch in person <laughs> they could ignore my tweets but they can't ignore me like uh giving them a what if in person yeah. while i'm rubbing my chin you know <laughs> uh and hey if you want to support the show another way you know obviously you know tell a friend follow us on the show social medias 
Uh, leaving reviews on iTunes is a fucking scam. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> just tell people to listen to the show. Share the tweets. You know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can make any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through affiliate link. It's in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter where it is that you get the episode. Does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. We had no purchases this week, Adam. Unfortunately, we had a lot of returns. All right. God damn it, people. But uh, I'm, I'm mad at that, Joe, but I'm not mad at these podcasts that people should listen to. And those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Wings on Wings, If You Catch My Grift, No Chance in Helmet, and there's one episode of the A Show you should listen to, and it'll be the one that myself and Artie are on coming up soon. But uh, that's it for for podcast plugs, Joe. Do you think that's why Artie's sad? Because he knows he has to do a podcast with you? (laughs) Well, he's sad because he knows he's going to lose to me. That's probably the thing. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) How funny would it be if, uh, and again, I'm not going to edit this out. Uh, And you might have said this. uh, Where you and Artie collude to, like, draft the same show. Like, I don't know what the subject of the show is going to be. Yeah. Um, well, I, I will say that we, uh, I mean, we, there was no agreement on it. I just said as one of the terms of me coming on is that we were going to do the year 2022. Oh, okay. Because it's fucking easier. Uh, but I had actually pitched that uh, like every other, and I don't think this would work out. So this won't happen, and which is why I'm saying it here. Uh, that like every other pick, like maybe the even numbers uh, whoever we draft has to go on both teams so that oh. there would be a lot of overlap on both shows because we're okay. the same person. Um, but I don't know, maybe some kind of, you know, version of that will end up on the actual show. Cause we haven't recorded yet. Cause surprise, surprise, the A show doesn't have their fucking shit together and hasn't gotten me a date yet, but, uh, we'll oh, see boy. what happens. Oh, good luck <laughs> with all that. The two of you is, yeah. <laughs> So I think, oh, what was that? I was just gonna say, I think that's it for the main show. Yeah, that's it for the main show, and now it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Ha 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 Joe, it is with a heavy heart and a bit of sadness that I have to report to you and to everybody that I did not purchase Chelsea's nipple stickers. Oh, you know, I did a lot of research into them. I wanted to make sure I did some like photo reference and some video reference to to see what it was that I could have been potentially bidding on. Uh, but no, I did not buy them. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um that broski tries to pitch to people's like no no 
Chelsea has a superfluous third nipple. That's why I'm selling so many of these used Broski of the Week stickers. <laughs> oh, I, I moved my couch and like, you know, because her nipples are so big, they had to be put down with seven layers of uh, stickers, you know? Yeah, just, uh, well, you know what? I take exception to that because Broski has never provided additional copies of things that were presumed to be rare. What? <laughs> it's not like him. <laughs> but anyways, Joe, I digress. I did not have a very large week. I only have a small handful of things to go over, and I I dare say that we may be able to just go one for one and alternate here. And okay. I will start off by something that I already tweeted out, and that is that uh, your other co-hosts uh, and star of No Chance in Helmet, Todd, uh, clued me into the fact that there was a an RPG playing card game that came out in 1989 by a company called Mayfair that did a bunch of DC Comics characters. Uh, he had bought the Jonah Hex card, so my first weekly purchase is that I picked up the card in that set of Booster Gold and the card of John Constantine, uh, dare I say, the rookie cards of both Booster Gold and John Constantine. So uh, I ordered those a couple days ago, uh, right before Porch Talk got rained out. Now, is that verified that those are the rookie cards? There was no other previous promotions beforehand that could be qualified or otherwise? Uh, Todd and I talked about it, and we don't think so we think that uh if there were cards uh of these two characters because booster gold can't like debuted in 86 uh and todd doesn't think that there were any dc cards other than like maybe a batman or a superman set that would have had like booster gold in it between 86 and 89 sure uh, right i think you're good on booster gold um yeah there's well, good luck uh now are you getting these graded or are you just looking to get them <laughs> Uh, I joked to Todd that we need to send them out to PSA, but no, these will just, uh, they'll come in and they'll just be thrown in a pile with everything else I buy. They're not going to Gotcha. But what about you, Joe? Do you have something there? Now I have to ask, uh, related, but unrelated. Um, Todd had mentioned this to me, you know, we had discussed it on the show, of course, that we had purchased them. The, uh, booster beetle McFarlane DC figures pre-order. Uh huh. I had heard rumors that you had seen them out in the wild. Uh, I no, you're hearing a little bit of uh, some truth and some not. Uh, I did not see them in the wild, but I see in some toy groups, not the major one, but other ones that I'm in, that they have been showing up at targets in the wild. Okay. Um. So I had been complaining to Todd that uh, you know, it Amazon seems to be on a delay lately with some figs, um. Like the, the that two pack, for example, still says like a mid October or or an early October release date uh, when there are targets that have them already. Uh, so uh, I definitely did not see them in the wild because if I did, I would have you know grabbed one at least at the very least for myself and then canceled my Amazon order. But I know that there's a bunch of us that ordered it as well, uh, so I would have communicated that. But no, nothing around here. But uh, California and Arizona. And uh, Nevada seem to be like the hotbed of figures. They always get their shit way before the East Coast. Interesting. Yeah. But no, I didn't see them in the wild here. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a little heated on on Amazon now. I, if I was going to do an all heat, no heaters, it would be about Amazon. And, and some of the shit, like even non, 
Amazon exclusive WWE figures, uh, just just figures in general that they've been kind of screwing me on, but mm. with with delays and stuff. But I won't get into that here. All right. Well, listen, I could load up the song and you can get into it, but all right. No, nah, it's fine, Joe. What'd you buy this week? So I had to buy a new mouse uh, for my computer. I'm a wired mouse man. I don't trust like a... What was that? I said, of course you are. You're a CRT monitor. Yeah. You're, a, you're a tower computer. You're right. a wired mouse man. Yeah. Uh, I'm still not 100% sold on wireless or the cloud or any of this shit, right? Uh, so the mouse that I had, it was starting to be like when I would cl- left do like the left click, it was think that I was doing the right and left click together. So I'm like, all right, I need to get a new mouse. So I order a new mouse, comes in, and the cord on it is like super short. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have my, and usually I'm pretty good at that. Like usually I make sure to try to like buy like something with like a six foot plus at least cord. Um, we'll get into cord talk a little bit in my other weekly purchase. Um, so I had to swap the new mouse uh, to my work computer uh, and my work computer mouse, which has a very long cord, to my personal computer. The two are literally right next to each other. I work from home. Super secret science job. Um, you know, the 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 tower for my work computer, like, is on my desk. The tower for my personal one is on the floor. So I just had to do a little swap, and nothing's ever easy for me. Mm-hmm. Now, does your mouse, the new one that you bought, I, I assume it's one of them that still has the rubber ball underneath it? No, no. It has, like, the fancy. It's a light. You know, I don't think they make the rubber ball anymore. Uh, I'm sure if they did, you would find one, you know? I listen, would. Listen to your Zune while you're hooking it up, you know? Listen, I don't like, to, I, listen, when it comes to technology, I know enough to be dangerous and I don't like change. Yeah. All right. Uh, my other purchase, one of my, I have two remaining purchases, Joe. It's a relatively light week for me. Uh, and this is my first wrestling related one. I knew that another figure in this line was coming out, but it wasn't revealed until this past weekend that the next addition to the shop AEW exclusive figures was Hikaru Shida. So I picked up the one of 3000, uh, AEW fig of Sheeta to add to my Moxley, Jericho, and Omega collection of this line. Yeah, I saw that Sheeta figure. Um, did they update or change the face on it? The face? The face. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, it is exactly the same figure, only uh, different packaging. They removed the super tiny first version of the AEW women's title and they substituted it with uh, the Singapore cane and uh, a merch shirt, you know, the Holy Sheeta merch shirt. So it's the same exact figure, just a couple different dressings and packaging for it. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, obviously a lot of people will be like, it's it, not worth it. And it, quite frankly, it's not. But uh, I collect what I collect and I don't care, you know. None of them are worth it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I have the uh, the Sheeta figure from whatever series it was in, like Series 4 or whatever. Uh, that'll get, you know, toted. <laughs> that'll get added to the pile of stuff I'm getting rid of. And uh, this, uh, the one of 3,000 will be its replacement in my collection, you know? For sure. What else you got, Joe? You got another purchase? I do. This is a big boy double purchase, I guess, if you will, right? All right. So, uh, my wife got a new phone back in March. Uh, her phone had kind of shit the bed. Uh, and she ended up getting the Samsung 22. 
Okay. That the new that the newest one? Uh, I believe so. I'm not in the loop as much as I used to be, but I think that's the most recent Samsung. Okay. So while we were there, we're looking around and like, uh, we're you know, my kid needs a new tablet. He's had the Samsung Tab A for like four years, right? Yeah. So we're like, all right, we'll get him a new one. We'll get him a new one. We'll get him a new one. And we're like, all right, we're looking at the benchmark. His birthday's coming up next month. We'll get it for his birthday. That'll be his birthday present. And, um, you know, do you want a new tablet? You want a phone? I want a phone. Okay. Whatever. You want a phone? All of his friends have phones instead of tablets now. Whatever. So Monday's Labor Day. We see that the Verizon store is open. So we decide to go over. And they're having part of their Labor Day sale thing. And I've seen ads, which, again, if I see your ad, that means you're doing a good job of getting it out there because I avoid the fuck out of every ad there is. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were having a gimmick where if you trade in any phone within reason, like you can't go like find like smart mark gary's flip phone and turn that in and get like a brand new iphone right (laughs) yeah but you could trade in any phone and get a new phone right Mm. for free you know whatever the cost of the phone is it's just gone right you have to pay the taxes on it yeah so we end up doing that and they say oh well your thing is due for it like you know we could transfer you over i think my phone is like maybe like about two years old maybe something like that yeah it seems all right that you have the you had the unlocked motorola right uh, so they're like, okay, well, if you have another phone, you know, obviously Joe, you do yours, you give us your phone. We'll give you the Samsung 22. We can get the same for your kid. If you got another phone that you could trade in, I run back to the house. I got a drawer full of phones, right? I <laughs> keep every fucking phone, right? Yeah. So we trade in a Samsung J7. Well, <laughs> right. I don't get rid of phones, man. Um, so we end up doing that, and we had to change his line from, like, a tablet-only line to a phone line, which was a little bit of a, a chunk of change. Like, it was 50 bucks, right? Yeah. Because uh, I think, like, it was, like, 10 bucks for it to be a tablet line where, like, can't do calls or whatever, whatever, to a phone line, which is a little bit whatever. So that's 50 bucks, and then nothing comes with chargers anymore. Like, I could still use all the chargers for mine. We had to get chargers for him because his yeah. stuff doesn't work you know, backward, you need to get new stuff for his. We needed to get cases for his and the screen protector for his. And we're like, fuck it, let's get a case for mine. You know, like while we're here, let's do it. Let's do the fucking whole thing. And we had to change the protection plan because it used to be my wife's phone was the one that was always protected. Mm -hmm. She would break shit more often than I would. I actually ended up dropping whatever the Motorola that I had for the last two years had a big crack down the screen. So they're like, right now you're paying $9 a month for the one phone to be protected. You could change that to $12 a month and it'll protect all three phones. We're like, fuck it, right? Mm -hmm. So Monday woke up, intention of maybe looking at getting my kid his new phone for his birthday. I end up getting the same phone. So me, my wife, my kid, we all have the same phone. Everybody has different cases, so nobody's going to get things fucked up. Uh, But like out of pocket with like taxes and all the accoutrements of like, shit for both the phones like it was like 400 bucks that we dropped Ooh. did yeah. you ever do you ever think to maybe just buy the cases on amazon for a third of the price we were just there we we're like fuck it you know yeah. there's one no believe me listen i if it was up to me i would uh but like we we're just like eh, whatever you know let's yeah. go but like like i looked up the case like just as an example like my case there was 36 bucks okay yeah. Okay. My same case on Amazon was 30 bucks. Right. So, like, I'm not saving a whole bunch. 
yeah, I guess it's not the year of financial responsibility for you. No. <laughs> and uh, a preview for a future purchase. The uh, I, I we are in the mar uh, like we are going to be purchasing here soon, probably this weekend, a new lawnmower. So that's a preview purchase. Yeah. Okay. I might be in the market for a lawnmower myself. My guy yeah. hasn't been around for a while, and I'm worried he might be dead. So the I the the lawnmower that I bought a year and a half ago at a yard sale for twenty five dollars. Uh -huh. The part that you put the oil in popped out while I was mowing the lawn today. <laughs> that's. That's probably not good, right? And I will say that the like the guide on the side, like where the 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 grass shoots, was put on with duct tape. So like it was on its last legs anyway. Mm. I got more than the twenty five dollars I spent on it out of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I got ninety five percent of my lawn done before the oil blew up on me. <laughs> Do you start at the front? So if like if you yes. give up or if it breaks down, you at least have the presentable part taken care of. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's the smart way to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just you know, and again, it's not like listen, I mean, we have money saved up, you know, and we're we're doing okay. We got nothing to complain about. Both me and my wife are working. Uh, Must you be know, nice, Joe. Must be nice. <laughs> I'm not a like I said, I'm not a big spender. So when a big expenditure comes up, we're like, okay, like if we got to spend a couple extra bucks, we got to spend a couple extra bucks. It is what it is. Yeah, understandable. Uh, and I guess you know, oh, when I I don't think I mentioned it on here. Um, you know, obviously we were fearing the worst and everything with the air conditioning issue. Uh, but it was just like a backup in a hose and the guy just had to like unblock it. Right. Uh, damn hose. And, right. And like get a new filter cause the filters got soaked cause everything got backed up. And like, that was like 220 bucks as yeah. opposed to like replacing out our entire central air unit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So listen. We're, we're 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 okay. Like I said, we're, no, nobody's destitute. Um, we're not having steak every week. We're having steak like every third week. You know. Yeah, understandable. All right, cool. Uh, that's it for you though, right? That's it for me. I'm done. All right, I have one last purchase. Like I said, not a big week for me. Total of three talking things here to go. This but, uh, this purchase better lead to a story. If not, I'm prompting you. <laughs> This one does not lead to a story. So uh, if you need to prompt me afterwards, you can. Uh, I will just say my last purchase, this was in the uh, in the Facebook group. And uh, Joe, I again, I don't know if you realize this, but coming out of this past weekend's presser events, uh, a lot of people taking sides. Uh, a lot of people are either in the camp of a, a certain Phil from Chicago or they're in a camp of a group of EVPs. But it looks like if you're in the, the camp of one of them, you don't want the stuff from the other group, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, sure. Like if you're if you have uh, if, if you're keeping your Phil from Chicago stuff, you're probably getting rid of your uh, Young Bucks custom sneakers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but there was somebody in the Facebook group who uh, all of a sudden wanted to sell all of their CM Punk stuff. And uh, they put up some things over the course of a day or so. And one of the items uh, caught my eye because it was something that I was already in the market for. Now, Joe, I do not own, to the best of my knowledge, a single CM Punk figure. Uh, and I've, I've kicked the tires. I've looked into them over the last year or so. Uh, obviously, the one that I want the most, I will never own. And it's the Ringside Exclusive Elite uh straight edge society one that has the mask and all that stuff and that's like a 400 dollars fig i'll never buy that um 
But my fallback plan was always his quote unquote rookie figure. Cause I'm like, again, if I'm going to get a figure of somebody and it's not like a special figure, I want the first figure. And Joe, his first figure ever was in the Jack's line. And it was uh, the ECW figure. And somebody put in the group, his first figure ever. And he was asking for less than the eBay going rate, which is to be expected. But, and I just sent it to you in text message. It's actually autographed. So I got it, uh, an autograph version, mint on card for less than uh, the going rate on Edward Bay is. And the, the thing is that this is the person that was selling. It was one of the name brand major marks, if that makes sense. And, sure. Uh, like they, they they should have people like with little like badges or stars next to their name. <laughs> yeah, like a verified thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this person said that uh, they were actually on the road with Brian Myers, and uh, uh, CM Punk signed it in the back of Brian Myers's car. Oh, so that's, that's cool. That that's the pedigree to the signature. Uh, unfortunately, this was signed many years ago, uh, and it predates uh, any kind of paint pen, so it unfortunately is in Sharpie. But because I paid next to nothing for the figure, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. The signature is just, you know, maybe a little icing on the cake, you know? Right. But, uh, yeah, my, a CM Punk figure was a CM Punk rookie figure was my uh, my final purchase this week. Right. And in seven years, that might be worth something. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, yeah, Joe, that that's it for me. I have absolutely nothing else to contribute to the podcast this week. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure you did some doll safari in this week, right? Uh, yeah, I might have. I might have no nothing purchased out and about. Yeah, just uh, did a couple runs. Not, went home empty-handed. <laughs> right now, I did see uh, a tale, a tweet of yours, where you had stated that there might have been a verbal altercation with a person at a Target. <laughs> Uh, possibly, possibly. Yeah. That, 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 I do remember that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So I went, uh, to only two stores this week. Uh, I went cause it was a monsoon most of the week. So I didn't really want to go out and uh, get my hair messed up in the rain. Uh, but I went to Walmart, there was nothing. And I went to a target and you know, spoiler, there was nothing, but I, I was walking into target and it was one of those situations where like there, it was relatively crowded. Uh, and there was like two lanes of traffic through the main concourse, if that makes sense. You know, there's a lane coming towards you or a line coming towards me. And then I'm following behind a lady who's walking relatively slow, whatever it is, what it is. She's got a shopping cart in front of her and has like two kids in the shopping cart. All right. No big deal. Whatever. I'm behind her. I'm waiting for the, the oncoming traffic to kind of disperse so I can kind of go around her. You know, no big deal. Uh, traffic to the left of me is kind of dispersing. I see my opportunity. I'm going to basically hit the gas and pass her out. Uh, just as I'm about to pass the lady out, she goes a dead stop and swings her cart left, blocking the lane and almost hits me with the cart. So I do like a dead stop. And it's such an abrupt stop that my sneakers like squeak on the floor, like a like on a basketball court. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, so I make a dead stop, and I let out one of these, Joe. <sighs> I don't say anything, but I, I give out one of those sighs. You know, guys, we all know that sigh. And she's just oblivious. She turns her cart, blocks the flow of traffic. There's people behind me, you know. 
So I make a cut through the clothing section to get around her. Okay. And she says, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I say, no problem. So, Joe, you think right there that that's, it's over, right? So, sounds like the story's over. Story's Thanks for everyone for listening. Yeah. Oh, there's more. Uh, so she says, I'm so sorry. And I say, no problem. And I keep walking. And she says, I was being sarcastic, sir. Ooh. And just that, that sir, just fucking like just the, oh, Joe, Joe, I saw red. <laughs> I was being sarcastic, sir. <laughs> so <clears throat> I might've stopped and turned and said something back to her. Uh <laughs> Okay. Uh, have a nice day, everybody. Uh, this concludes episode something something uh, of Ad Odds. PayPal me 20 bucks, <laughs> and I'll tell you what yeah. uh, profanities, Adam. Now, listen, I, I have circumstances like this that happen. I do my best to try to avoid them. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you do your best. You try to, like, you see people, and you can kind of sometimes tell, like, okay, this person looks like they're a meander in an aisle. There's only so much room. I could see the thing that I want on the other side of them. So I'll go down. I'll preemptively like go down an aisle and end around in the hopes. And maybe they'll now have decided that they're going to fuck around. Right. Mm -hmm. But another thing that kind of helps me from, uh, helps me avoiding situations like that is a lot of times when I'm out in public, I'm with my kid. So yeah. I don't want to ha see, have my kids see me lose it on a person like that. <laughs> Uh, but I, w if I was, and again, caveat, I'm not with my kid. Yeah. And that happens to me. That lady is getting the biggest go fuck yourself <laughs> right to her face. Like I would take a step and listen, you're the world's smallest hoss. Okay. <laughs> I'm a teddy bear, but I'm a softy at heart, but because I'm tall, fat and I have a big loud voice I scare motherfuckers yeah. so all I would do is just take one step and say go fuck yourself well, I don't care if her kids were there Yeah. It's, but it's, like for her to act like that in front of her fucking kids what a piece of shit I, I will say Joe like and it's funny you, you mentioned saying to go fuck yourself um, I'm not saying that I said this but I feel like just hypothetically speaking uh, and I'll just kind of paraphrase here saying F you, you effing C might've Woo! been something that, uh, would have been appropriate in that situation. I'm not saying that I said F you, you effing C, uh, but I think that would have been an appropriate response. Uh, maybe the C would have been a little excessive, but I was heated or, I mean, I may have been heated hypothetically if that is what I had said. Uh, but, uh, if the, if I had said, F U U F N C. Uh, I, I would have kept my head on a swivel for the remainder of my target stay, just in case there was like a husband somewhere. Uh, but uh, I feel like that would have been an appropriate response. I'm not saying that that's what I said, Joe. But uh, yeah, so whatever it was that I said, uh, hopefully she has to go home and explain to her kids what some of those words meant. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Target life, doll safariing isn't always, uh, you know, safe and uneventful. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's all I got, Joe. I didn't really purchase much this week. 
are you now banned from that target or this person who said that banned from this target? I don't know. I'd have to find out like who said that alleged thing. Uh, I know I personally am not. Uh, sure. Right. Right. I know whoever it was, it's not like they shouted it from the rooftops, but they said it directly to the person and loud enough for them to hear it, I assume. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, again, uneventful after that. Uh, I just know that I personally for like the, at least the next 24 hours was just mumbling under my breath that that person was said I was being sarcastic, sir. Oh, no. oh man, I was fucking mad for a day, dude. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm just now over it. But <laughs> anyways, I apologize to our one female listener. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have. I would say. I would say we're if we're not at double digits, we're oh. close. Oh God! Well, we lost them all now. I apologize. Mm, yeah. The, the 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 fucking mean things that Adam says do not reflect those of at odds with wrestling. Joe Sposo, the soon to be named network. Nah, listen, you're uncancelable. I'm uncancelable. That's whatever. True. I am untouchable and uncancelable. Nice. Not unlike exactly. you. You'll get a Twitter eventually. Right. Eventually. Well, all right. That's all I got, Joe. All right. Well, that was a great show, I'd say. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Episode 206 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying, be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.